<laughs> wish I was recording this right now. <clears throat> Alas. <clears throat> you sounded like Mickey Mouse, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that guy sounded? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, there's actually ones where um, we were off uh, Second Street in St. Charles, <coughs> and it was a rougher area. There was a guy who was, uh, I mean, he was like a, you know, Coley Chief, <laughs> a biker dude, and he stopped to fix his bike right outside the little church place we were meeting. We came out to talk to him, and Stefan went up to him, and and uh, he was probably, you know, as a 13 year old, he was probably 5'8, <coughs> 5'9, five, five, and like close to 300 pounds. And he walks up, mm. he's staring there, he looks over at him, you know, he's got the long hair and a ponytail it's like big old mustache tattoos everywhere he looks up and he goes do you like the bike and Stefan goes yeah I like it and he goes whoa man your voice <laughs> I thought <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a National League umpire for many years named Lee Wire who was 6'6 and weighed about 300 and his voice was really high that's funny yeah. no I can't do it I can't talk I can't talk in falsetto anymore Mickey Mouse. Especially when I have these allergy things. Yeah. Can you sing in falsetto? No. <laughs> hardly at all. <clears throat> Used to. Welcome to the Piney Pastors Podcast, the elders meeting after show where we hang out to discuss theology and issues relevant to covenant members at Piney Ridge Church in Winsville, Missouri. It's like a Bible study, covenant members gathering, elders hangout, and talk show all wrapped up into one. And it's all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So grab another cup of coffee and let's get started. Well... Uh, Steve is sleepy yeah, because every Tuesday every, he every didn't Tuesday sleep morning. well last night. He has allergies. You think it's Satan? So you think he's trying to trip you up, Steve? I don't know. You have any? Well, yeah. If you hear I was a buzz, say if you hear any, if you're a buzzing yeah. in a podcast, it's just me. It's just snoring. Steve's dozing off. Jason's uh, wide awake, feeling chipper today, though. Yep. Got a full 45 minutes of sleep last night. That's right. Well, um, and I am, I should feel chipper. I got a good, solid night's sleep. Did you only get 45 minutes last night? No, no, that's from no. Elf. Yeah. Oh. I slept a full 45 minutes or whatever. Elf. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it 40 yeah. or 45? Is I it? don't know. Yeah. We should probably look it up right I now. Will. I think, no, I think People, we should just all watch it next week. Anyone listening to this meeting. wants to wait while we look it up so <laughs> we can play it. Uh, <clears throat> well, what we want to talk about today is the question of, um, for our kids, especially as they get older into their teen years uh, and maybe become reluctant to worship with us, um, or maybe not worship, but attend a worship gathering because yeah. they're not even believers. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, should we, as parents, require them to go? Um, so we are talking about kids still living in the home mm-hmm. um, as they, you know, get to um, the age where they can be trusted to stay at home by themselves. I think we, um, well, we can talk about younger kids too. But if your kids three and doesn't want to go to <laughs> church. You shouldn't leave them at home for sure. 
for legal reasons. <clears throat> but um, this is something that has come up from time to time, this question of um, whether it is beneficial for parents to require their kids to come to worship when they don't want to. And um, I'll just let the cat out of the bag and say we're going to argue, yes, it yeah. is beneficial. It is good for parents to require that. But we also, we don't want to talk to parents, but also to teens and um, to give some biblical direction on why they should submit to their parents' desire in that. So hopefully this will be helpful for parents and for teens. Um, but let's just start with that um, more broad question, I guess, of why is it beneficial for anyone um, to be a part of a worship gathering? Just I don't think we need to spend a yeah. ton of time on this, but just what are some of the benefits? Well, and I think that it... Um I'm not saying that it uh, is totally different, but there is a difference between a having a believing child who says, I just want to go to a different church. Yeah, that's versus, a good point. Versus um, I have an unbelieving child who doesn't want to go at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe we should talk about those two differently. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk first about <clears throat> an unbelieving child. Yeah. Um, so and then specifically, what would be some of the benefits of an unbelieving child being part of a worship gathering? Well, they're going to hear the gospel for one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 we're assuming that the um, and we're talking about Piney Ridge Church and and any other church that somebody would be a part of. I think it's a general rule that if it's a a true biblical healthy church, they will be preaching the gospel in different ways right. every week, right? Um, through um, visibly and um, as they talk about communion, what they're showing, or um, in their songs or in their prayers in the sermon. <coughs> Bible reading and conversations and so forth. Yeah, I think that that's part of it is that's what we believe. We don't think um, that coming to a worship gathering, any, attending any kind of church service is magical, but we do believe in the power of God to work through the gospel, that it is the word that he uses um, to, to regenerate people, to bring new life. Amen. E- even, yeah. even maybe, and um, I, maybe you could say especially... Um, when um, I mean I don't know I don't know if especially is the right word there, but um, we think of the reluctance of a of a teenager or anybody, and they, they go. Um, I think that if they are um, if they're in a place where they are actively not wanting to be there, they're like saying I don't want to be mm-hmm. there. I, I just don't want to. I don't like it. It's boring. I don't get anything out of it. I think I'd that rather that, sleep. I'd rather sleep. I think for us, um, we should be doing this with our, our kids anyway, but we should see this as a um, as a clear sign of their lack of conversion, that they're not saved. And therefore, our prayers should be intensely focused there. And yet, if, um, if our prayers are for something, um, let's say we have a, um, um, a, a neighbor friend who says, God, I pray that that you would save them, but you never share the gospel with them, then your prayers aren't in concert with your actions. It doesn't match. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, If we say, hey, um, God, I I pray that you provide for my family, but we don't work. Well, that that doesn't connect. That's not right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the same thing here. If we're praying for our kids that God, that your word would awaken in them 
um, a sense of their need for you, their desperate condition in their sin, and Jesus, your all-sufficiency uh, to save, well, then we should be sharing the gospel with them, but we should also be wanting that to happen through the local yeah. church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along those lines, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 24, and 25 came to mind. Mm-hmm. It says, if all prophesy, <clears throat> it's talking about the gathered church worshiping together. If all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called account, called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that passage just speaks to the power of the gathered worship of God's people and the and the proclamation of uh, of the truth, and that God can and often does work through that to bring to bring people to recognize his glory and to worship him. Um, so what do you think? Well, let me just say, I think that's a helpful text because it tells us, it reminds us that the church gathering is the church gathering. It's Christian. Mm-hmm. So the worship gathering on Sunday morning is primarily for the people of God to worship God. And so when an unbeliever comes, whether they are just visiting from off the street or they are coming from even in the covenant member's household, they are witnessing something. So I don't think what that mean, I think what that means is that you don't make them, hey, you better you be singing all the songs and you better be praying all the prayers and you better be saying amen. And you, no, 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 no. They're witnessing what the church is doing. Mm-hmm. If they're not a part of the church in that sense, right. um, if they're not um, one of the saved people of God who are worshiping God, mm-hmm. then they're coming witnessing it and mm-hmm. God can work through that. Amen. But you're not right. telling them, hey, you got to come and act like a Christian. Right, right. Yeah, it's a good point. And that, Kind of leads into what my next question would be. Um, I think, I think it leads into it. <laughs> um, why do you think some Christian parents are hesitant to bring their unbelieving older kids to make that a requirement? Yeah, I think part of it is where our culture is going in terms of we feel like that we need to be. M- empowering our teenage kids and even younger kids and um, allowing them to make decisions and 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 the unfortunate truth maybe I I don't like to use the word unfortunate but can't think of anything else right now is that kids rule a lot of households Mm -hmm. and so parents bend to the wishes of the kids and if kids don't want to go, well, then we, you know, we're not going to force you to go, so we won't go either. And um, and so I think part of that is the culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we don't want, we're not saying, um, we're saying you should not have a child-centric home. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. doesn't mean you should have a parent-centric home, but a Christ-centered home. A Christ-centered which home. means yeah. that the parents should have the role that Christ has set up for them. Mm-hmm. And the kids should be obeying. Right. Uh, secondly, I think that it is um, often, especially as kids get into their older teens, parents begin to parent out a little bit out of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're mm-hmm. fearful that they will lose that relationship. You know, well, when my child gets to be 18, they're going to want to move out of the home and never have anything to do with me if I force them to do things they don't like. And that's just, first of all, just the wrong place to come from in parenting. Right. You have to do what you believe is is right, mm-hmm. and um, and and you have to 
you have to understand that that your children are not the, yet the fount of all wisdom. Um, <laughs> the verse that we were going to use, you know, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And teenagers, they're still children. They are still foolish, uh, hopefully less foolish than they were when they were five. But still, they um, they are not mature enough to make these kind of decisions, especially if we are followers of Christ and we believe that this world is preparation for the next and that the next world is the true reality and understand that this world is just a passing a it, a passing reality mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to pass away but that this life is intended to be preparation for the next then we need to be raising our kids in that knowledge raising them both teaching them that knowledge but also having that knowledge foremost in our minds as we raise them and and so then the idea of do i force my child to go to church well what is more important than that what is more important than going to be with the uh, gathered people of god and hearing the word of god preached especially if this child is unregenerate mm-hmm. yeah and i i think that no well, shouldn't say no. Most parents would not hesitate to give their teens other requirements for living in the home. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain rules, expectations for the home that they are going to. Yeah, that there's going to be requirements. You're if gonna you're going to live your, in our you're, house, you're, you're going to do your math homework. Yeah, you're going to you're going to take chores. out the trash, whatever that may be. <clears throat> um, and that may not be the case in some households. I would argue it should be the case in all households that kids teens should have responsibilities uh, and have expectations put on them and so um, why why would we not make that a requirement and expectation if you're gonna live mm-hmm. in our home uh, you're going to be going to Sunday worship with us but I think that um, and you mentioned this a bit earlier I think that one fear that parents have is that they're going to be in doing that somehow encouraging their kids to be hypocrites, to be pharisaical. Like I'm doing this religious thing, but my heart's not really in it. So uh, what would you say to parents who have that fear that they're leading their kids into some form of hypocrisy? Hey, I would say that it's right that you have that desire. Like if you don't care, well, they just got to check off the box. If they go, they go, it's fine. No, 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 no. Like a desire should, for them to not be hypocrites. Right. You, yeah. you should want their hearts to be sincere yeah. and not just doing something out of hypocrisy or um, p- pretending or faking it. Um, and there is. I, I get it. If you if you tell your kids, listen, I want you to take out the trash. I want you to feed the dog. I want you to mow the grass. I want you to clean your room. I want you to do your homework, or whatever it is. Because you go, I don't care if their heart um, is like in love with taking the trash out or doing chores or doing their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. I do care that their heart loves Jesus. So I don't want to push them away. I don't want their heart mm-hmm. to be pushed away. But I mean, also, <coughs> also just, it just came to me, yeah. all those things that we're talking about you require your kids to do, it's because you believe they're good for them. Right. So right. this is just another thing. I believe it's good for and That's what I was going to say is that one of the things that you have to understand is what you said, Steve, you want them to have a knowledge of that this is good. But at the very least, even if your kids don't believe it, they better believe you do. Mm-hmm. Like that, Amen. mom and dad are making me go because they think th- they think this is for my good. Right. Mm-hmm. They right. they want God to work, and they talk to me that way. So that's what I say. Is part of it is how you do this matters. 
Um, why you do it matters. So because you believe that this is what God would call you to do as your family. As for me and my house, this is what we will do. Um, and yet, um, I think that the way you do it matters so that, for instance, if you just say, well, you have to just show up and it doesn't matter. Uh, you just put on a smile and just you're going to make it look good because we got to put on a face of we're a happy Christian family, even if you don't think you are. Well, no, that's not it. That's not that's not mm-hmm. the goal. And that's not how you do it. So you can tell them, listen, I, I know you don't love these things. I know you, you. And maybe if they say, yeah, I believe I just don't feel like I have to go. Well, then you tell them, mm, well, that's wrong. This is what scripture says. Mm-hmm. And so but if they're going so far as to say, I don't believe any of this stuff. OK, well, I do. And because I love you so much. I want you to experience this, see this. I want God to work. I believe he can and will. Yeah. And so I'm praying for you, but I'm, I'm going to require you to come. Yes. And you don't make them fake it. You don't make them feel like they have to put on the face of a, of a happy Christian when they're not. Um, talk to them in, in reality. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for your soul. Mm-hmm. And I believe that God can work through this. So please come. And mm-hmm. um, this is what we're going to do as a family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, do you have any other um, words for parents who have older, unbelieving kids? Um, well, just the um, Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It doesn't say as long as they're believers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say as long as they are under uh, 13 years old. Mm, yeah. uh, it, it says this is what parents are to require of kids because this is what God requires of children. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you love your children, you will tell them this is what God says and this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it doesn't That's just good. stop when you're a teenager or when it succumbs to spiritual matters. And again, um, we, you don't, you, if it, in your home, are you going to stop praying? Well, you don't ha- you can go in the other room while we pray over supper and then come back in here. Mm-hmm. Now, you might not say, tell your teenager who says, I don't believe in this stuff. You might not ask them to pray over dinner. Right. Um, but you can say, you're going to be here and we're going to pray together. Mm-hmm. Family worship, same thing. I don't want to be here for this. I don't believe in this stuff. I, I got other things better to do. No, actually, you do not. Yeah. You don't have better, better things to do. This is the best thing for us to be doing as a family. And if you don't want to be here, um, maybe that's more telling of why you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so we're going to do this together. And um, again, you don't have to pretend that they want to be there or that their uh, their hearts toward God, but you can pray for them. Yeah. Well, I do have one more thing. Yeah. I, I think Jason went right up to it and didn't quite say it a while ago. Parents, you need to be good role models mm-hmm. for your kids. Yeah. And so if your children are uninterested in the gathering of the church, check your own heart and check your own actions. Yeah. Are you modeling that for them? Do you scroll through your phone instead of attending to the sermon or do you participate in the singing uh, and so on. Um, What's your attitude and what's your heart toward attending and and the the gatherings? And if you find that you're lacking, then you need to confess that, maybe even confess it to your kids. Yeah. And then you need to uh, ask God for power and strength to change in that area so that your attitude toward um, toward joining together with the rest of the church. I'm trying to find ways not to say going to church. Yeah, because yeah. I know, <laughs> just yeah. say it, Steve. Just say it. <laughs> Everyone else will totally connect and think it's yeah. fine. It's just Jason and I who will judge you. Okay. Yes, right. <laughs> so, and not secretly. <laughs> right. So, you know, check your own attitude. 
And your own speech, don't you think? Like, yeah. if, if you're, if you say, "Guys, this is what we do." Okay, I don't, I don't really want to go either, but we just go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not helpful. <laughs> no. And I'm not saying to be fake. I'm saying to, like you said, to confess it. Sometimes I've spoken that way, and that's not right. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, um, this wasn't gonna be the focus or a topic that we were necessarily gonna touch on, but I think it might be good to talk about uh, also what. What should we do when our kids get a little bit older? And I'm thinking, I think this mainly applies to kids once they can drive. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you have younger kids that would say this, but if they go, yeah, I, I, I love, I love Jesus. I love worshiping with the church. I just have friends at another church or I feel like I, we visited this one church one time and I felt like. The preaching better. was, yeah, it just connected with me better, and I understood it more, and it got me excited, and, and they or they have more kids my age there, or whatever. Or maybe they say, I only like to come when Pastor Steve preaches. Or so maybe, yeah. So every, other the other two. lots of pastors. Yeah. Yeah. They, don't, they only want to come once a month right. to hear Pastor Steve, because he's a celebrity preacher, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> they, yeah. Two words. 30 minutes. so uh that could be as well um so yeah what uh how do you think parents should respond to kids that are wanting to they do want they to worship somewhere on sundays but they just don't want to join their families should parents require them to worship with them or is it case by case basis i think it it does matter um if you are, um, if you are at Piney Ridge Church, why would you want to be anywhere else? Why would you want to be anywhere <laughs> else? That's right. No, I, I, I do think that um, I know that we are, are imperfect pastors with imperfect covenant members, and therefore we are an imperfect church. Um, but I do think we are a biblical church, and I do think that we are a healthy church. I think that we have um, room to grow and things need changing and a, a lot of different areas maybe in every area we can continue to grow I should say but i think we are a biblical healthy church and so if you are going to a biblical healthy church um and you are um, as the parents say this is the church we have covenanted to then yes i believe that um your um your kids, your teenagers, and even if you could even say, well, grandma said she'd take me to her church or and you're five years old or eight years old and I like their kid program or whatever it may be. Yes, I do think that families should worship together. I think that um, for a couple of reasons. One, I would say that uh, primarily uh, for the parents and the father, especially if he's not at that gathering, listening to that sermon, how can he help spiritually protect and lead his his family? Mm-hmm. Uh, you say, well, I think they're a good church over there. Okay, but you, you, you're not there. So you're right. not able to um, help them digest the sermon mm-hmm. or the gathering or the incident that happens, uh, able to um, keep them even just focused. Um, you know, like, well, maybe they're going to be on their phone or hanging out with their friends or maybe they want to be there because there's a guy or a girl that they like and they want to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, see them or whatever. Like, is the f- where, where's the focus? If the focus is on Jesus in their hearts and the focus is on Jesus at our church, then they should come. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point about the inability to shepherd. evaluate and shepherd and protect. Um, because that's that's really from 16 to, you know, 20. That's that's the stage when 
uh, a lot of kids are actually starting to really focus in on what's being taught and forming to be theology. able to understand, yeah, yeah some uh, more uh, deeper principles of uh, even how the Bible fits together and hermeneutics, and that's um, just kind of a crucial period. And um, so to just be like, well, I think they got a good foundation. Um, so they can kind of go and they can, they can discern wherever they're at, I think is naive. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that there can be an exception. I am thinking of somebody I once knew who they were at a church. It was a healthy church. Um, but that church was wanting to start like a little, um, mission kind of church where when I say mission church, it was like a church plant, but it was really highly involved in, um, in service in a low income area where they had like, I think it was like 15 people going, uh, no teenagers and these teenagers wanted to stay at their church and the guy asked me well, what do you think mm. I should do and I said well I, I get that's that's a different scenario because mm-hmm. at that point that's not really a healthy church it's not even a church yet mm-hmm. and so um, that could be really challenging for those teenagers to go you're taking me away from being fed regularly to just serve and uh, maybe at certain stages and I don't know if that's always healthy for anybody that to right. just not be under the <coughs> word regularly um, but, um, yeah, I think there are contexts where there could be an exception to it. But generally, I think that if you are unhealthy, uh, biblical church, then you should worship together as a family. Um, I, yeah. I, I would also just argue that I think it's good for the family, that it's good for that individual family to worship together. There's something um, special about having believing children worshiping with believing parents who are worshiping the same Lord together. You can do that at home, but doing that together in the corporate gathered body there's something sweet about it. And I think you miss that and they will soon be out of your home mm-hmm. and they will soon be in their own families and doing their own thing. So uh, adult children who are married and have their uh, own jobs, their own lives in different ways that no, I don't think it's required for them to worship together in family, but it's sweet if they do. Sure. And yeah. um, I don't, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to, I'm not eager to give that up. Mm-hmm. I am jealous to be able to worship with my children for as long as they will allow that um, as they even grow into adulthood. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a blessing for the family to be able to do that and don't give it up too soon. Amen. Yeah. Steve, did you have any um, struggles with that with your kids as you're raising them? No, was I there even them around? Yeah, yeah. Good. You want to no, what? No, they they. Uh, it, we lived in a, a small town in southwest Missouri, but we had <laughs> not a lot of options. Huh? We well, yeah, we did. We had three pretty good sized Baptist churches. And uh, it was a problem within those churches that, you know, whichever church had the uh, really cool youth pastor, mm-hmm. often kids and would flock to that church and then sometimes their families would follow. Mm. Um, and, you know, that our, our kids never really said, never said, oh, I want to go to this other church. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there were quite a few that did. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's because Sandy and I did anything right. It's just that that's how they were wired. They, well, I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate, though, what you said, that, that sometimes um, parents will go, well, I guess we'll just go there because that's where they want to go. That, that way we can worship together as a family. But who's leading who? Mm-hmm. That's right. And right. If, if you are the parents and you say, this is the church where we should be at, then make that the thing. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I would, I would just simply ask your teenagers if that's what they're saying. 
why do you want to go there? Right. Like, what's right. the motivation? Yeah. yeah. What exactly. reasons? And then um, if it's, well, it's just easier <clears> for <throat> me, help them to see um, what you're missing um, and help them to see if you don't worship together. Um, and that, 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 that father, especially, is still the primary one responsible for shepherding his family. And if he's not able to do that because they're not there with him, then uh, they're taking themselves out from underneath something that God has set up that is good for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that um, if their motivation is, well, I don't think this is, a, I mean, we have a totally different theology. Well, then that's something to talk about. That's something to work through. Yeah. Um, if it's, um, you know, I think that there's other, my friends are there. Well, talk about other ways you can connect with, help them to connect with the friends at your, their church and or outside of that gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think that motivation plays a big part into why yeah. they want to go. Yeah, I agree. And if parents um, sort of give in when they, even if they recognize that their the motivation of their kids um, wanting to go somewhere else is that they have more friends or they have the cooler you know, youth or college program or whatever, I think that's just either beginning or perpetuating a pattern of consumerism yeah. that is unhealthy. The church is a product, saying, a yeah. service, and I'm going yeah, to get the best Instead one. of, no, this is, this is, that would be like <clears throat> looking at another family across the street and being like, well, they got, their dad's fun. They got cool video games. They got, you know, they mm-hmm. got a pool table in their basement. So uh, I think I'll I'm going to go family. and hang out in that family. Yeah. yeah. And parents going, well, if that's what's going to make, you know, if that's going to help you feel better about family in general, then all right, cool. Right. Just move your stuff <clears throat> across the street. <laughs> yeah. Some parents are like, wait, can we do that? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And I, I think there's a, um, there's a fallacy that parents believe that if their kids get connected through friendship mm-hmm. with the church, then that's going to mean that they're going to be more connected with God and with right. faith. And the reality is they are likely to be, they're going to be connected to whatever motivated them to get there. So yeah. if they're motivated by, um, by love for Christ love for uh, a commitment to the people of God, a desire to obey and submit to their parents, if that's what motivates them, then that's going to remain. But if they're motivated to go somewhere because they it's fun, they have friends, etc., well, when that circumstance changes, they're just going to want to go somewhere else. Right. And then they'll and go it, from church to church to church and they may, or stop. Yeah, or just associate <clears throat> faith with friendship and feeling good in a certain place, which mm-hmm. I think we're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. I think Jesus said not that. do what uh, makes us feel the best at a certain moment. So and I, think, I, I think I think it might be establishing something false about Christianity just right. to Yeah. And I I, uh, I think Charles Spurgeon said it that what you win them with, you win them to. Yeah. And if they're one with uh, one by they're one over by um, entertainment or friendships or um, what's cool or what's new what's hip what's fresh um, and that's what they're one too that's really what their hearts desire they that's what they're set on mm-hmm. and um, I, I mean I, I was a youth pastor f- uh, at my previous church for 10 years and I remember asking the students from 12 to 18 years old asking them um, you know w- why why do you come or why do you go here versus another one 
another gather another church or whatever <clears throat> and just asked them they they talked about how well there are churches that have more video games and I'm like we don't have any video games so I guess any of them had any is <laughs> more um, they they had more fun they, their lessons were only like five or ten minutes and um, they got uh, pizza every week and um, uh, I remember just just asking them but what does that do for you like having fun that that's good right but if that's what I give you does that sustain you when life crushes you mm. like when you lose uh, a parent or a sibling when um you uh, are even just not even that big but just thinking like when you are failing your your class and you're feeling overwhelmed you have pressure from your parents or, or whatever um thinking about the future does that does does that um keep your ship upright like no like the fun mm -hmm. doesn't do it entertainment doesn't do it those cool friendships might be fun and pleasant entertaining but they don't give anything. They don't give you a, a solid foundation. And so you need the truth of God's word. So if their desire is to go someplace else because it's easier and cooler or fun, um, like you said, guess what? Being a Christian is about <laughs> dying to self. So it's, it's not always about being It's not about fun. easing. It's not about cool, fun, easy stuff. Broad is the way. Yeah. Easy is the road that leads to death. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that if if it's easy, it's always bad. Or right. If it's uh, good, it's got to be hard. But uh, the Christian life is, and so if we always are trying to, uh, or if we're allowing them to think that um, Christianity is about being fun and easy and what's cool, then yeah. we're we're not, we're not helping them. them. Yeah. No. Uh, any closing thoughts, Steve? No. Nah. You're just happy you've stayed awake. I have we stayed are. awake. Steve. We're happy as well. And uh, we know that this is, it's easy to sit here and talk about these things. Fairly easy, unless you're falling asleep. But uh, it's not easy to lead, yeah. especially as our kids are getting older. We're trying to discern where we should give them independence, freedom to make decisions, yep. mm -hmm. and where we need to still give them guidance. And so um, we, we have made some pretty um, blunt kind of statements, but we recognize that these things are challenges. And if you are at Piney Ridge Church and you're trying to walk through these things, um, we want to help you and would be glad to talk with you and pray with you as you work through these things. So, absolutely. Um, but we hope this has been helpful. And, and if, if I yeah, may, just you may just say a word to the teens and young adults that, yeah, if you are listening, um, if your parents are desiring for you to be um, worshiping with them, it's because they love you and yeah. it is to your benefit um, to follow their counsel, their wisdom. Don't make them force you. Like be, be a willing participant in your family. Um, a, a wise son listens to his father and his mother. Like you need to humble yourself. Mm -hmm. And say, all right, this won't always be the case. I won't always have this relationship uh, being at, with this dynamic. Um, and so uh, I think it honors God when you honor your parents by following them to worship where they worship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, brings to mind Scripture, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. I think this, mm -hmm. uh, different context, but I think the principle applies. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this, teens. Let your parents lead you with joy and mm -hmm. not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Yep. Amen. So with that, I think we are going to 
wrap this up. Wrap it up.